It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, Hoops Heads. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Aliko Carter. Today we have a guest, Miles Johnson. He's my roommate, major Hoops Head, and a Wiz fan. He'll be a recurring guest, and um, today he's going to talk with us about the Lakers and the Warriors. We're going to go back in time in our recurring second segment. And uh, then in the third segment, we're going to go around the NBA, starting with his whiz. As usual, you can get in contact with me via email or Twitter. Twitter at Kojitare, K-O-G-I-T-A-R-E, means to think in Latin. Stay thoughtful, people. And you can email me at alicocarter11 at gmail.com. Let's get right into it, Miles. Uh, First, uh, tell us a little about yourself, uh, how you became a basketball fan, and um, um, yeah. First of all, thank you for having me on. I'm really excited to do this. A little bit about myself. I'm from D.C., so that explains my allegiance to the Wizards. In terms of being a basketball fan, though, I mean, that's a tough question. I'd I'd like to think that I was was born one, but... uh, Probably a little more accurately. Uh, my parents are, are both huge Hoops fans. and so Bullets fans. No, no. So, you know what? It, it's funny. My my dad worships the ground that LeBron James walks on, so he's gone from being a diehard Cleveland to Miami, <laughs> back to Cleveland fan. Yeah, nothing um, wrong with that, I guess. And my mom, you know what? My mom, you know, is, is kind of stuck in the the kind of era where Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar are the best players in the league, and she's, you know, is kind of of the opinion, yeah, these guys are cool, I guess, but it's uh. nothing like that, nothing like that skyhook. Um, but, yeah, as long as as early as I can remember, everything from, you know, remember that shot Reggie Miller hit over, the, over Jordan in, like, game three of, like, shit, like the, the 98... Eastern Conference semifinals. I just rem- I I don't uh, the details are a little bit hazy, but all I remember is is Miller hits this shot and does this little dance and, and spins around Jordan. And I remember crying and like sobbing like underneath the desk in my room. So you I were have, rooting for MJ. Yeah, because I was I was uh, you know definitely definitely rooting for for Michael Jordan and and so it's just little moments like that that I couldn't have been more than five years old. Yeah, so I was I gonna even, say what are you like five? Yeah, I don't even remember. <laughs> 
I don't even remember being like ingratiated to to basketball as a thing. It was it was just always there. I have these like really early memories to it. I know exactly what you mean, and it's interesting. Um, I think like being black has something to do with that. You know, growing up with basketball, particularly in the '90s, extremely black league, um, and you see people who look like you, and you want to root for them. I mean, and and and. I'm I'm from DC, right? So like when I would have been com- when I would have been coming up, not only was it still the the Chocolate City, unlike what it is today, but I can't think of anybody more um, in terms of like, especially in terms of just just athletes that I looked up to more than Allen Iverson mm. and him going to Georgetown and then uh, you know of course you know going to the Sixers the way that he did, uh, carrying himself the way that he did with the, you know, throwback jerseys and, and the snapback hats. Unapologetic. Uh, unapologetic, you know, getting his hair braided, you know, during the games and stuff. You know, I was short. I had my hair in straight backs, like, for as long as I can remember. What? That's I got to see those pictures. That's, those are the games that we played, too, growing up. We were always playing basketball. So, it, you know, it definitely is, um, in some ways, a black thing. It's... it's uh, it, it really is like connective tissue for a lot of people in a lot of different places. Um, for sure, for sure. And let's uh, stay on the black subject. Let's talk about a Lavar Ball as we go to this um, as we go to this uh, matchup tonight. The Warriors are going to be in Los Angeles. Uh, they're in Los Angeles already uh, to face Lonzo, our uh, our um, very very hyped uh, rookie, probably the most hyped rookie since. I'm not even sure that that's true. I mean, if you take Lavar Lavar out of the equation, I think Lonzo is like averagely hyped, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. that's what's so interesting. Well, about yeah. Him. Well, it's the big bright lights of Los Angeles, UCLA, uh, then to his hometown, um, um, Lakers plus Lavar, plus Lavar. Right. Sure. I mean, I just, I, I, it's not right. It's not. It's not like a. He he. I think Lonzo gets compared to a, a lot of guys like LeBron, but when we look at like the the just spectacle that was LeBron James's coming out of high school. Like, it doesn't even compare. And that's interesting, too, considering that was all the way in 2003. And if anything, every year that the internet is in existence, it makes things bigger and bigger. Sure. And, you know, which is not to, you know, take anything away from, from Lonzo or LeVar. I, well, I'm big fans of both. But, you know, I think Lonzo um, is the beneficiary of a phenomenon that, like, people are afraid of, right? Which is a loud black person who is supportive of uh, his kids, perhaps without merit, mm-hmm. right? That's And that's what's that's what's at the crux of this, right? Because, you know, you, you compare him to somebody even like in tennis with Richard Williams, mm-hmm. right? Richard Williams wasn't nearly as, you know, uh, loud or, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the swag was all different, but he was just as fiercely, you know, defensive of and just as unapologetic and just as unapologetic about you know what they were doing and what they were trying to do where they came from Mm -hmm. and he still faced backlash right but show enough but you know you know and we sit here and like in in what what it's been a year after muhammad ali died and of Mm. course he is he is the the king of you know that sort of black bravado yeah that black bravado that's you know sort of um and and I think what's important to to remember um, about about all of this is that you can be black and you can be talented, but then you start to kind of hit rough patches when you one acknowledge or or are sort of aware of your own greatness, mm-hmm. 
and two, when you started telling people about it. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And what makes LeVar, to me, interesting is you even have examples of both of those still, you know, uh, not certainly being embraced by, by like, whiteness, like, writ large, but, but certainly, you know... Um, embraced by individual white people like you think about somebody like Kanye West who definitely still has those uh you know two qualities in that he is you know this amazing music producer you know this talented rapper and he knows oh his head is so big and right and he knows it and he will tell you about it right and sure but what's great about about this situation is that we don't know that Lonzo's great yet. Right. We don't know about LaMelo or LiAngelo either. We don't know about any of these guys other than that they are, I guess, or, or so far they have been, you know, Lonzo Above average in their careers. Yeah, Lonzo was talented at UCLA. And then know. Lonzo's shot is broken. Right, right. But, but that's what makes this so interesting to me is that you have, you know, elements of Richard Williams and Muhammad Ali and, and Kanye West or whatever, things that we've seen before, except all those people could back it up Mm -hmm. on the floor, Mm -hmm. right? So far, and it's a a super small sample size, right? What do they play, like 20 games? And they're they're super young. You don't expect them to win games even if Lonzo is great. Right. But so far, like, Lonzo has not matched up to at least what LeVar has said he he was going to be. And I think that is where the cognitive dissonance sort of comes in. Mm. That's where everyone... which Which is, you know, so common, right, for white people to you know, live and, like, revel in. Right. Um, the, the sort of notion that, you know, white mediocrity can not only exist but be congratulated and can be praised, like, mm-hmm. that is, like, so normalized to us. That, Absolutely. You know, it's not that big of a deal. But when LeVar gets up on TV and says, you know, this is what I, you know, he's going to do and this, that, and the third, right. and then Lonzo doesn't do that. Yeah. And then you ask LeVar after and he says, well, so what? Like, or like it's the coaching or it's the coaching or or whatever Th- then I think that's where people kind of get a rub and I think you know wherever you land on that you've got to do some introspection about that on your own and, and really like interrogate you know your feelings about you know by and large strangers that you are you know most likely never going to meet yeah exactly never going to meet LeVar not interested in meeting LeVar um, or Lonzo but I will say I was at his first uh, triple double game in Milwaukee and aside from a, an apparent lack of drive like I mean the dude kind of walks around like he's like like he's cool but not in like the cool kind of way. He's just like kind of calm and collected. There, I don't really feel a lot of fire from him. But um, when he's knocking down his shot, it opens up everything for him, and you know it allows him to be in the right spots to score, to assist, to to grab rebounds. Um, and he seems to have something, something that you think maybe one day he might be, you know, he might be an all-star. And you um, said you were uh, comparing him to, um, there was a player comparison from rookie years, Gary Payton, um, um, Jason yeah. Kidd, yeah, and and who and was the Ray other John, one? And, Ray John Rondo. and Rondo. Very apt comparisons. Guys who couldn't shoot when they were coming into the league and guys who could pass and play defense. I, don't, I haven't seen um, too much of Lonzo defensively. Um, but he's long, um, he's tall, and um, you know I, I see the potential there for him to be a very good uh, perimeter defender. Yeah, so I mean the the comparison that I did, and shout out to Basketball Reference, um, was 
was those guys, and and the reason I picked them is you know just off the top of my head, trying to think of of guys who were um, first of all larger point guards like like Gary Payton or someone who is not necessarily going to be a shoot first point guard, but someone who's going to to, to look to be a floor general, you know, and kind of running the offense. But at the same time, guys who are really good defensively, and all those guys, Rondo, uh, Peyton, Kidd, were great defensively. The only, you know, thing here that I will say, the, the only caveat is that, you know, Lonzo's got to get a more serviceable jump shot, right? It doesn't have to be, he doesn't have to be um, Steph Curry. Hell, he doesn't even have to be Robert Covington out here, yeah, right? Yeah, right. He, it just has to be, like, functional. I saw someone, or I heard someone compare it to Kevin Martin. Because Kevin Martin has a weird herky-jerky shot. But Kevin Martin could shoot. He could shoot. He could shoot. And th- that's the thing is there's a, there's a similar kind of wind-up and then the, the right elbow kind of sticks out a little bit. And I'm thinking if Lonzo can just speed it up. Yeah. If he could just speed up that motion and become more accurate as it as it gets faster, then he doesn't have to do too much to change it. He could, you know, uh, have that unorthodox shot for the rest of his career and make it work for him he's just got to do something especially if he i think looks to just in general be more aggressive on the offensive end if he's somebody who is really attacking the paint and making the defense collapse like and if he can start you know upping his percentage as he gets closer and closer to the basket you know maybe you don't need a jump shot to, to play the type of game that he's right. going to but play. he clearly wants to shoot right he, he wants to shoot and i i think I don't know. I think you're young. This is your first year in the league. If you just go in the offseason really hard and say, I'm just going to totally revamp my jump shot, I, I think Lonzo's got it. I think already he's one of the better floor spacers in the league. Top three, okay, top five maybe outlet passers mm. um, already in the league. There's, there's, I mean, Lakers, I didn't even realize this, number one in the entire NBA in pace. I mean, Ah, when, I love Luke Walton. When right, and 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 Luke Walton loves when Lonzo Ball is aggressive. He said it like time and again in interviews. Like when he's looking up ahead to push the pace, to push the floor. Like that's when this team really works. And 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 I think you could also you know tie in conversations about Julius Randle and and, and his role in the team. And like when this team runs, they're really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're actually better defensively than um, their record suggests. I think. It, it, well, it's a little bit of a work in progress. It, it is, but they're I mean, long, uh, and if they learn how to rotate like Luke's Warriors rotated um, a couple of years ago, I mean, obviously that takes a ton of of time together and continuity and stuff like that. Right. But if they get their rotations right, I mean, I think that they have the ability to. Do, I mean, Kyle Kuzma, you know, Kuzma is really interesting, right? And and it, it is it is a little complex because they're they're twenty fourth in terms of points given up per game, but sixth uh, in terms of defensive rating. So there's, Right. There's, That's pace. Right. And so there's... there's. I like the baby Lakers. I, yeah. I, think, I think that they've got something, but I think really if Lonzo is going to, you know, insist on shooting, and I think, you know, that's, that's fine to do. I just think you have to get a more serviceable jump shot. And I think once that happens, though, I think you're going to see a lot of people eating their words about Lonzo Ball because I, I think the talent is there. For sure. All right, let's transition to the Warriors. Um, Curry and Durant are probable for tonight. It's the beginning of a six-game roadie, the longest road trip of the season, uh, starting down in Los Angeles and then heading to the southeast. Um, what have you seen um, from the Warriors so far? They're 14-6. Uh, and six. 
They are uh, fighting for that for that top spot in the in the West with the Rockets. There's a few other teams up there with them. They've been kind of inconsistent, um, but still leading the league in points, leading the league in offensive rating. They're back in the top five in defensive rating. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's a little up and down. Um, obviously, you have to take into consideration that Kevin Durant hasn't been hasn't been healthy all season. I saw a quote today from Steve Kerr that they haven't uh, been stepping on their opponents' necks like they have been uh, in the previous three years of their their dominance. Sort of dominance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and and like he said, and I would tend to agree with this. I think that's just you know attributable to the fact that this is the fourth year of their you know, right. It's it's hard, right. but that's the thing with Kevin Durant. You want him to be kind of leading the charge a little bit because it's not his fourth year going to the finals. You know, um, like he has had um, a little bit more rest over the last four years than the other stars on the team. Um, and obviously, you know, you don't want him to break his foot. He's broken his foot in the past. You don't want that ankle injury to get worse. Um, but when he is on the court. Um, you know, I, I none of these guys are having a career year this year, right. and, uh, and I think that's not a that's not a problem. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask is whether I I wonder when we're going to sort of see the Warriors transition from because we've seen them you know win six seven games seventy three games you know you know sixty plus sixty five plus games every year for the past four or five years right when do we see them kind of transition to the we don't really think that the regular season is that important. We're going to, you know, certainly play hard every game. But well, I think that's happening right now. You think that's happening now? I mean, because I think, like, you know, I think, you know, with Kerr's frustration at how they manage Durant's injury, you know, rest Durant. Rest yeah. Durant, rest Curry. Like, don't play these guys every night. Like, really kind of, you don't have to necessarily, you know, go full Spursian mm-hmm. um, but you know approach the regular season like this is we're going to kind of suss out what mm-hmm. our competition is suss out the rotations yeah see fig- what you have figure out like what is going to be I mean because there's been a lot of you know overall just in terms of personnel figure out what that new death lineup is going to look like mm-hmm. you know figure out like like you said rotations figure out you know how you're going to defend better in the post so you don't have yeah post defense has been a problem draymond has not been himself yeah i mean and 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 so use that time in the regular season to kind of figure that out and then like really push in in the playoffs i'm i'm not sure that they need to catch houston i don't think they necessarily even need to be to be honest i don't even think they need a home court i think you're right but i would rather i feel more comfortable with home court uh i feel more comfortable with the warriors have home court because there's sort of that aura of dominance that um comes with that that cleveland hasn't had to embrace because um you know lebron hasn't necessarily been the number one seed in all of his finals um, he's been sometimes two, sometimes three in Miami, um, in uh, Cleveland, and it hasn't mattered for him. The Warriors' M.O. is dominance, and if they don't have the number one seed uh, coming to the end of the season, then there's that kind of like, uh, that sense of vulnerability that I don't think that um, Kerr really wants um, that Kerr should want to to to, to have. You know, you, you don't want your team to be vulnerable. I think that um, they still have a chance to win 60-plus games going into the long stretch of the season. But um, I think I think um, 
the number one seed is is very important to the Warriors, more important than it is to the Cavaliers, definitely. Um, and in the West, it's good because the Cavs don't have a shot at the at the one seed. I, I mean, they're they're they. I mean, there's still a chance for uh, for the Celtics' offense to come down to earth. Their defense has been carrying them. They've been struggling to create points outside of Kyrie Irving on a regular basis, and um, it's starting to show. So um, I think if Cleveland's defense um, starts to come together and they get IT back, you know, by January. Yeah, but he's supposed to come back mid-December. Mid-December. That should be fun. I'm looking forward to, to watching that team. Um, but anyway, uh, Warriors versus, um, versus Lakers tonight. And it uh, should be a fun one. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it being necessarily all too competitive. I just I, I think it's a bad matchup for the Lakers. Um, How so? Because first of all, there's nobody that can that can guard Clay Thompson on the other side of the floor. Mm. That's the first thing coming off of screens, especially going back to where like there's nobody that can stick with him, and that's before you even get to Steph Curry. Right? Yeah. Like, I think even this team without Kevin Durant, like I, I just think it's a bad matchup. Um, and then that's before you even get to the fact that you know Draymond, who I think like yeah, he is he has not been the Draymond that we've seen like in their title run, mm-hmm. um, either one of them. Um, but I think he also is going to pose problems for Brooke Lopez. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and then there's the, uh, the I, I mentioned nobody's having a career year. Clay's kind of having a career year, quietly. He's not scoring as many points as in his career high, but his his numbers, his percentages are just off the charts. Um, he's shooting like something like 47% from three. Um, he's... Um, been extremely consistent to start the season shooting and um for the most part playing defense as well so uh you're right they're gonna have a tough time guarding him uh but that's that's about as much time as we can spend on this matchup and uh, i want to get to um my second segment going back in time we're going to revisit clay's 37 point quarter and uh talk about you know how it was to uh to watch that uh but first is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. If your company is interested in men between the ages of 18 and 44, you should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Warriors is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you're targeting men between 18 and 44, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are reasonable. Email me at alicocarter11 at gmail.com to find out. All right, so back to Clay. Miles just informed me Clay is shooting an insane fifty-four percent from uh, the corner uh, this year, which is, I mean, just wow. Uh, but um, we want to go back a couple of years to um, just a very, very wild time um, for the Warriors. Uh, you know, Steph Curry's second MVP year, and 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 Clay just really coming out and showing what he can do on the offensive side. Um, 
I was actually between jobs at the time. This was, I think, January of 2015. uh, And I was kind of on a sojourn. I didn't really know what I was doing. And so I was at my uncle's house in in Phoenix, soaking up the desert winter while he was on vacation with my aunt and chilling with two amazing dogs. Um, And... um, I was watching the live stream, which is usually like, you know, 15 to 20 seconds behind the television feed, <clears throat> sometimes a little bit more, sometimes as much as a minute. So um, I'm there with my good friend, Patrick, uh, who came to visit me in Phoenix from California. And our friend Bart calls and says, are you guys watching this? And we say, yeah, we're watching, you know, what's going on? Uh, we're watching the, the live stream. And he's like, just wait, just wait. And so we're all on the phone and he's, and then we see Clay do just these amazing things. And he's just telling us, no, it keeps going. It keeps going. It keeps going. And we keep expecting it to stop. But Bart's like, no, it's, there's still more. There's still more. And, uh, you know, when it was all said and done, he had gone 13 for 13, nine for nine from three, um, and just had an amazing, uh, even one shot that didn't, that didn't count just fell um, and he had one carom off the rim fall right in it was just one of those games that I mean there was nothing else I'd ever seen like it obviously 37 points in a quarter has never been done um, aside from that instance but um, we were freaking out <laughs> yeah I mean it, it, it this was okay so this was uh, January 23rd 2015 apparently and I only say apparently because this is another like basketball memory that is seared into my memory. So I definitely remember where I was. Um, apparently, I was home. Uh, that school hadn't started yet, but this is a senior year of college, and it's one of those games. It's a league pass game, and you're kind of flipping through um, the games, going back and forth. I don't remember what other games actually were on, um, but this was one of those games where you're watching, and uh, kind of like if you remember. Uh, the, the now infamous uh, kind of step-back crossover Steph had between those three Clippers players. If you watch Steve Kerr on the bench, you see him, like, put his hands, like, in disgust. Like, why on earth would you take that shot? And, of course, when it goes in, he turns around and laughs at himself, and, and it, kind of in disbelief. And that was kind of my reaction every time Klay Thompson touched the ball for about 30 minutes that night because you go... Start, so you start off, like, really quietly, like, no way, it's, that's a bad shot, dude. Don't take that. You're like, oh, wow, it goes in. And by the end of the night, you're screaming, like, no way, get out of here. <laughs> There's no way you're launching that. <laughs> and it's going in. I'm losing my mind. I mean, to give you a sense of how incredible this was, plus 38 in under 33 minutes. Ugh. I mean, that's that's just, it's unfair. <laughs> and, and and it had two blocks that game. Yeah, um, against the Kings. Against the Kings. But, but, but to put up 37 points in a quarter against, I mean, that's the thing. I think, you know, I always try to remind myself, too, is that even the worst of basketball players, right, on, on any given team are just in terms of human being statistical anomalies, right? Mm-hmm. These, are, these are athletes that barely make sense. Like, yeah, they're the top point zero one percentile of basketball right. players. So, so to, to against any of those guys, to put up 37 points in a quarter and you don't miss, like, yeah. that's just, it's one of the most incredible performances I've seen you know, over such a short, uh, you know, period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, that's probably what's been the most fun, I think, about watching the Warriors. It's not even just that they, you know, have, you know, made the finals in, what was it, three or four straight years? Three now, straight years. Three straight years, and that they've won two of those. There are so many, you know, individual games you can point to where you go, 
eight minutes, nine minutes of game time, you're like, there, there's no way mm-hmm. that I just saw what I just saw. I call it warp speed. They go it's, into they go into warp speed. It's incredible. It's yeah. it's like it's like a juiced version of Mike D'Antoni, seven seconds or less. Mm-hmm. With 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 good defense. I mean, Mike D'Antoni's de- uh, defenses were underrated. Um, because you don't make it to the conference finals without playing defense. But they weren't this. They weren't this. No. No. Not top offense and top defense fueling the top offense. Right. You know, you've got players who can play the passing lanes. You've got players who can play face-up defense, um, like Clay on the perimeter. You've got players like uh, Draymond and David West who can uh, play face-up defense in the post. They're getting, um, they're, they're getting their hands on the ball. They're frustrating people. And then it fuels the top-ranked transition offense in the league. And we're talking about way better uh, if you if you wouldn't mind looking up uh, transition um, stats right now, I'm pretty sure the last time I checked, the Warriors were leading the league by seven um, points in transition, which is just you know unbelievable. And I think they're leading in points per game by a good margin as well. Yeah, I can look those up. I mean, it 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 of course helps when you have Kevin Durant on your team and he can be arguably your third best defender behind Draymond and, and Andre. I mean, when when any team has the luxury of being able to say that, you're going to be good defensively. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Andre. Love Andre. Oh, my. Ah. You know, he's your second best defensive player, and he comes off the bench. Right. It's a deep team. Right. <laughs> you know, like... Oh, it's, the, it's the deepest team in the NBA. I don't think enough has been said about that. Bob Myers did a great job uh, retooling this year and bringing in even more guys who are just positionless, can shoot the ball, and are long, can defend. Yeah. Um, and um, are veterans, honestly. I mean, it's hard to think of Nick Young as a veteran, but he's been in the league for eight years, something like that. Um, Caspi. And he's it, already been talking trash ahead of this, this game that they're going to play tonight. <laughs> what did he great. say? Uh, he, he was basically, well, so, uh, what's the, what's the guy's name? Larry Nance, you know, talking about if he was going to try to posterize him and say, you know, if he's down there, you know, you better look out cause I'm coming. And, and, you know, kind of in response to that, he, he was just like, I'm just, I'm going to try to go over there and kill those guys tonight. It's been like, it was, so I'm not even sure that you can call that trash talking as much as it's apparently <laughs> kind of personal, mm. um, for both of those guys, but. And Steve Kerr has the penchant for, like, he did it with Jordan Bell. Jordan Bell was sold to the Warriors by the Bulls. He gave Jordan Bell his career high in minutes played in that game, and Jordan Bell really showed it. I think you're going to see Nick Young tonight. You're going to see Nick Young playing 15 to 20 minutes, and he's going to take shots, (laughs) you know, and hopefully he's going to be right in his rotations, and he's going to deserve those minutes. Um, But I think you're going to see him really try to show out tonight. Um but yeah, the Warriors, uh, they, they have those light, they, they have those uh, warp speed moments that really kind of bring you in and they make fans out of enemies. Um, you know, there were Kings fans watching Clay that night who were just like, who is this guy? How is he blitzing us? And why am I enjoying this so well, much? Well, I mean, because there's only so far that your individual like team fandom can go before you have to, you know, succumb to the fact that this is something special that you're mm-hmm. watching, right? Mm-hmm. I mean... It, if if you watch you know that game or or um, or the the shot that that Steph hit against Oklahoma, uh, yeah, oh my God, you know those those are moments that you you've got to go. Sure, my team lost, but oh my God, what was that right? Like yeah. or LeBron had fifty seven against the Wizards earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in a midway through the third quarter, you kind of just go, 
this is happening to me. Yeah. And it's okay. I'm going to just sit back and enjoy it because this is like an incredible basketball moment. And yeah. I, I, I would, I'd be shocked if there was a Kings fan who was out there that was, you know, like, oh, that wasn't that great because, you know, bitter about, about that moment mm-hmm. because it, it happened to be against the Kings. You know? Absolutely. It's Absolutely. Basketball. It's bigger than that. It's basketball. It's bigger than that. There's 82 games in a season um, and every team has a chance to win every single night. Uh, as the Warriors have shown, I mean, 14 and 6. Uh, they've been beaten by the, a good Pistons team, a very good Pistons team, and they've been beaten by a bad Kings team. So, um, you know, it's that any given Sunday mentality for basketball. Uh, but when you've got nuclear weapons, and we have four of them, um, you know, I, I'm waiting for, I still don't think we've had this yet, a game where Steph, Clay, and KD all go for 30, and Draymond has a triple-double. Yeah. The, the second KD came to our uh, came to the Warriors, I was like, "Ooh, I want this." But it's it's not even something that's necessary uh, because the bench is so deep. Uh, because Kerr plays um, such conservative rotations, um, nobody's actually honestly these guys are playing more minutes than they've ever played. The starters, um, they're all up there around thirty five, thirty six minutes a game, which is um, more than um, Curry played in either of his two MVP seasons. Um, definitely down minutes for KD from his heyday in Oklahoma City, but still, um, that there's a lot of minutes being played by the four starters right now. Um, but you, in, you asked me to bring up those transition stats. They're, yes, they're number one in the league on points uh, in, in transition. Six oh three. The next closest is the Lakers. I mentioned them earlier uh, at four fifty seven. And show you how impressive that is. That's with them being in the bottom half of turnover frequency. So they're not even. They're not even doing it that often, and they're still scoring a good 100, 130 points more in transition than the next closest team. Right. They're, they're really good pushing the basket. They're doing it off of made baskets. Yeah, they're, they're, really, they're really good running the ball. And that's, you know, they can beat you in the half court. They can beat you running the ball. I mean, I'm not worried. I, if you're a Warriors fan, I wouldn't really be worried. If this was, you know, February and they were still kind of struggling, getting their footing, that's one thing, but... Is not even December yet? Yeah. Fine. Yeah, I guess, yeah, November 29th, uh, 20 games in. All right, I got to take a second break and talk to you about enclosedlingerie.com. Looking for something different for your wife or girlfriend this Christmas? Don't get her another sweater. Surprise her this Christmas with high-end designer lingerie. These are not your usual department store undies, but seriously high-end designer lingerie sourced from around the world. Enclosed also has amazing teddies, robes, and other lingerie options. This is an effortless gift for you to give because Enclosed takes care of all of the details for you. Enclosed customizes your gift for your wife or girlfriend based on the gift giver's preferences. Size guarantee means you can't mess up. Enclosed gets the fit right 98% of the time. It's the gift that keeps on giving because Enclosed sends out a new gift every month. You just sit back and she enjoys the surprises month after month. Tens of thousands of men and women love Enclosed. Use code WARRIORS for $20 off your order. The URL is enclosedlingerie.com, and once again, code WARRIORS will get you $20 off your first order. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Adobe. At CDW, we get your organization can be demanding. We know you're in there. I know. The marketing team's outside my office. They want their Adobe update now. With Adobe's value incentive plan, deployed by the experts at CDW, you can quickly and easily manage software subscriptions for the whole team. On Acrobat and Creative Cloud? All included. Cool. Guys, I'm coming out. Don't hurt me. Hey, there he is. 
For a satisfied digital workforce, you need Adobe and IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash Adobe. All right, I'm back with Miles Johnson, and we're going to go around the NBA, starting with his Wizards. And uh, it's a tough time for you guys. John Wall is uh, not healthy right now. Um, how are you feeling about it? So, you know, it, it kind of, it, it could be better, right? It could be better. They're 11-9, and nine, uh, just had a comeback win over the Wolves, which is all the more impressive because Bradley Beal went 2-for-11 with 8 points, wow. and John Wall didn't play, right? So this was a, a game that, can't believe I'm saying this, that the bench really stepped up and took over and was able to eventually close out with the with the help of Otto Porter. Yeah, Otto Porter, great shot at the end of that game. Yeah, so 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 things could be could be better, I think for sure for the Wizards. I mean, but I think considering that Wall hasn't been healthy for the majority of the season, even the games that he has played, he's out right now two weeks because they injected his left knee. But he had had shoulder in, uh, shoulder issues before that. But, you know, you look at their numbers, they're, you know, top 10 in points per game, they're 11th in points given up per game, um, their pace is not what it was last year, and it, frankly, is not what it should be, but again, you've had a, an unhealthy John Wall, um, and, and they've gone 11-9. and nine. It's, it's, not, it's not great, right, because ideally you want to be in contention with those top top three spots in the East, and right now those are occupied by Boston, Detroit, and Cleveland, respectively. Yeah, what does 11-9 get you in, 11 and nine get you in the East right so now? So I, I, I think if the season were to literally end right now, we would have the seventh seed. Yeah, the, the Wizards would be seventh. Okay. Um, which, so, so if, the, if, the, if the season ended right now, you, your top eight would be Boston, Detroit, Cleveland, Toronto, Philly, Indiana, Washington, Milwaukee. Indiana, what a surprise. Right? And, and, Victor and Oladipo has been really good, and and I think it's, I think it's befitting too that he's been so good this season coming back to Indiana, but also off of, uh, what I think among a lot of people would be considered a questionable trade um, that had to be done for for the Paul George move sure, to, sure. to Oklahoma, um, but Victor Oladipo has been no slouch. I mean, he's been somebody who's balling since he played for since Tom Green. Since IU. Yeah, yeah, since he played for Tom Green. Yeah. I mean, somebody who's always been really good defensively has, you know, needed to work on the offensive part of his game, but that and looks great like attitude. it's coming into fruition. This it year. is, it is, and he's always had a great attitude. I mean, you see him out there on the court, he clearly loves to play basketball. He's so coachable, um, and it's just really great to see him out there um, uh, getting coached by a good coach. Nate, McMill- Nate McMillan is a good coach. Nate McMillan is a good coach, and I think it's had some, you know, bumpy and unfortunate years, perhaps beyond his control. Thinking about some of those years in, in, Portland. in Portland, yeah, yeah, for sure, definitely a bad taste in his mouth and a bad taste in Portland's mouth from those years. Um, but still, some fun basketball teams. Yeah, and I think I think Indiana's been surprising. So yeah, so the Wizards, um, you know, are are kind of middling. I think things that I am really excited about, and I think you should be excited about if you're a Wiz fan, is is the play from from guys like Kelly Oubre, mm-hmm. who I'm really really high on. I mean, I think in terms of uh, young guy, who, sucker puncher Kelly Oubre, <laughs> a young guy who I, I'm not even going to entertain that sucker punch, but, <laughs> but is a great defender, is someone who is is learning to, you know, really shoot. And I think somebody who off the bench is kind of serves as the team's spark plug right mm. now. I mean, he comes off the bench in that second rotation, usually paired with either uh, Wall or Beal, but not both, um, 
is able to really stretch the floor and is somebody who really is is if he's probably a top three defender on the Wizards. It's it's him. It's Otto. Uh, it's him. It's Otto. It's Wall. Really, and that's what's kind of cool about this team is that our best defenders are our guards and swingmen, right? Mm-hmm. Our best defenders. I mean, no shade at all to, to Gortat, Morris, yeah. but mm-hmm. but our best defenders are our guards. Um, so I think which you know, is a rare luxury. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's a luxury you have when you when your point guard is John Wall, mm-hmm. um, who, I, who I'm also very high on. I think. Um, and you should be. And yeah, and and I think the thing with Wall too is, which is not to to I'm not trying to be such a homer that I'm ignoring uh, some of his deficiencies. I think his shooting needs to be much better outside of the restricted area. I think he's only shooting like thirty eight percent, which is not great. Um, and but I, but I really do think that once Wall gets healthy, um, they, they're gonna figure it out. Whether that looks like. You know, I I still think this team's ceiling is probably the Eastern Conference Finals. Like How do you I, feel about Scott Brooks? Is he your coach for the future? So I, I was just having a conversation with somebody at work the other day. I I don't have much faith in Scott Brooks game to game. I, I I don't think if you need somebody to draw up a play with the game on the line, I don't think he's your guy. I think he um, is not someone who really manages. Uh, again, sort of time and timeouts wise, in a way that I would like, but I think to his credit, and you can look at his body of work in Oklahoma, like it, it wasn't just, you know, Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook that he developed. He always gets credit for being this like you know amazing star developer, and he is certainly for for those two guys, and of course for James Harden. But look at what he did with guys like Andre Robertson, and, mm-hmm. and look at what he did with Stephen Adams. Like mm-hmm. Stephen Adams r- rose from who is Stephen Adams yeah. to really easily, I think, one of the top five centers in the league. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, look at I mean, and and so I think to his credit, like what I've seen just this season out of guys like Ubre, what I've seen um, out, out of guys um, like like Jason Smith, uh, who who else has he done like? I think yeah, I think really to be honest, even what he's done just in terms of managing uh, with with Marquise Morris is good. I think, you know, real deficiencies for the Wizards though are, and I guess I would say this before excluding last night's game. I think the bench needs to if they're gonna play that well, they need to you know play that well or even you know hell three quarters that well more consistently. Um, Jan Mahimi, something's got to happen there. I don't know whether a change needs to be made or whether he someone needs to light a fire under him or, or something's got to change because he is right now our, our number two center and it's at that point I would almost prefer you just go small rather sure. than playing him. Sure, sure. Um, and, and Walt's got to get back healthy. But I think right. once those things happen, I'm probably the only Wizards fan who is not high on Bradley Beal. Um, but that's a conversation for another day, I guess. Yeah, we can transition there. Um, sneaky good, uh, speaking of the Pacers, sneaky good league pass game tonight. Pacers at Rockets, 5 p.m. Pacific. Uh, and I want to talk about the Rockets because the Rockets are still leading the uh, leading the uh, Western Conference at 16-4. and four. They've won five in a row. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10, 9-1 uh, in their last 10 games, excuse me. And... Um, they're just rolling. They got Chris Paul back. Uh, Chris Paul has been playing extremely, extremely well. And James Harden is, if I'm not mistaken, still leading the league in scoring and assists. Um, that sounds right. I mean, the, the thing is, 
it's regular season Houston Rockets, it's regular season James Harden, so he he could very well be leading the league in every single category. I mean, well, that's true. We're we're getting we're getting used to James Harden's, um, and you know it's it's tough because I think eventually he's going to be the player. If he doesn't get the MVP this this year, he's going to be one of those players who steals an MVP from another more worthy player down the road, so that he can get his lifetime achievement MVP, a la Kobe in two thousand eight over LeBron or. Um, uh, maybe even um, what is his name? Carl Malone back in nineteen ninety seven. Oh yeah, 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 uh, yeah. That Malone. Was yeah, there. it was a lo- lifetime achievement MVP. It happens. Yeah. It happens. Um, but you know, Kobe you're right leading the league in scoring assists. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, so so he's got to be the MVP favorite right now. I realize yesterday I didn't talk about LeBron's MVP worthiness, even though I teased it. I want to say LeBron is right up there. He's right up there. Um, and voter fatigue isn't necessarily a thing anymore. People are tired of voting for um, people who aren't LeBron. Well, so, so I mean, and 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 some of this comes down to I think process of elimination right so it's not going to be anybody on the warriors right like it even if they were playing great it's right it's not going to be anybody on the warriors no. because kevin durant won the one that he was going to win mm-hmm. and then he went to the warriors so he forfeited like his chance all of, of winning it yes many, many more mvps and right? and curry forfeited right Gone. and, and Cur- curry curry is an interesting case too because i think even if durant hadn't come curry by virtue of what i think a lot of people will consider an erroneous unanimous mvp i think that was kind of like okay, you got the unanimous MVP, you're second, you're kind of done, right? So it's not going to be anybody on the Warriors. It, it, it's not going to be, um, you know, it's not going to be like Kristaps Porzingis or no. any of those other, like, you know, really great players on... On mediocre middle, teams. On, like, middling teams, right? So yeah. it's going to be between, like... And that's why it also won't be Giannis, right? As as well as Giannis... They're just not first, good enough. They're not good enough, right? If you're if you're at the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference, you're not winning the MVP. Right. So Unless you average a triple double. Right. So it's going to come down. And, right. And that's the other thing. It's not going to be Russ. Right. Russ, <laughs> as great as Russell Westbrook is, there are a, a litany of reasons that, that it's not going to be him this year, and mm-hmm. it might not be him ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to come down to who? It's going to come down to uh, Kyrie Irving mm-hmm. in Boston, James Harden, James Harden, LeBron. and LeBron James, and LeBron James. And uh, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, I don't think there's anybody you can really put up there in that conversation with them. And I think it's James Harden's, uh, I mean, if they keep if they keep winning 80% of their games, they're probably not going to keep winning 80% of their yeah. games. But if they get the one, two, or three seed, and James Harden continues to lead the league in scoring and assists, or is at least in the top two, three in both, you got to give it to Harden. And, and I think it's something, too, that like is, is so, we have to remember, is so narrative-driven, too, right? LeBron, I think, you can go, uh, what was that year, 2010 that he lost to Derrick Rose just because, you know, that was the year that he left. He became, mm-hmm. you know, public enemy number mm-hmm. one. In the 2010, NBA. 2011. Um, and, and that would have been his, what? Third. Third? Third? And it would have been his third straight, right? Yes. Okay, so then you, you have combined with that voter fatigue, the fact that he was public enemy. But you, you now kind of had this renewed uh, sort of social capital with LeBron with Kyrie leaving with him taking on this tremendous load and how many minutes he's been playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so that you have guys like Draymond saying, why is LeBron playing so many minutes? Yeah. Right? Like, that's crazy. Right for 37 a- minutes a night 
He's top three in the league right now. Um, and that, that was before he got ejected last night, so I'm not sure where he is right now. It's going to change from day to day. But 37 minutes a game for a guy who's 30, what, 32, 33, and still playing prime basketball, um, I think it's a little scary. And I think you're going to see a lobatical. I think that we're going to see another lobatical. Um, Can you... Because I think I know what you're talking about. Yes. You remember a few years ago when he first came back to the Cavaliers and he took two weeks off? Yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to see that. Um, I think Ty Lue is the kind of coach that isn't going to be bothered by him doing that. And I think that they will be in enough of a winning groove by then um, that the losses that they'll take when he's out aren't going to completely destroy their season. Um, But he's going to have to take a break. Um, so I think yeah, you, you might see maybe in January or February um, him take a week, two weeks um, just to rest his body. There's nobody who knows his body in the NBA as well as LeBron James. And that's a reason he's never had a significant injury, knock on wood. Um, and, um, you know, I think that 37 minutes a game for him at this point stage in his career is absolutely unsustainable if he wants to make an eighth straight finals and ninth overall. Uh, so, you know, I think him and Ty Lue are going to talk. And I think that we're going to see some LeBron-less Cavs games, maybe around the same time that IT comes back, you know, maybe. Which will, which will help, right? Because, you know, that's the other thing with Cleveland is they're on a nine-game win streak. You know, everyone was was really selling their stock, you know, running out of the burning building, as it were. And here they are, like third in the East. It is still not back. I, I, I and I really do think Derrick Rose is gone. Derrick Rose is <laughs> probably forever. Derrick Rose is gone probably forever. But and you look at you look at over this win streak. Look at go and look at the numbers in terms of on and off the floor splits for guys like Channing Frye, Dwayne Wade, and Kyle Korver. Without giving it away, it's not what you would expect, right? <laughs> and and so you know they've gotten some interesting contributions from places that you wouldn't expect. Once you get Isaiah Thomas back, who you know, not for nothing was a, I thought... An MVP candidate. Oh, yeah. He was top five point guard last mm-hmm. year. And I and I think, you know, what is he as good as Kyrie? No. No. Right? Kyrie left. It's, it is clear that Kyrie Irving is a better point guard. No. But don't sleep on Isaiah Thomas. Like, mm-hmm. he is going to, if nothing else, inject the Cavs offense with... Scoring. A, scoring in a, in a floor space or someone that yeah. can knock down an outside mm-hmm. shot and keep defense. Find the honest. open man. Cleveland's biggest issue is their defense. 27th ranked defense. It's not great. And... But but that here's the thing, Derrick Rose being gone, you get you're gonna get IT back, so you're instantly gonna have an infusion of offense that might allow you to have some slack on the other end to say put Tristan Thompson back in the starting lineup, mm. might pick that defense up a little bit. There's a lot still up in the air for Cleveland, yeah. and they also have LeBron James, right? Yeah. I I don't know what it would take uh, for me to bet against LeBron James at this point in his career, but it's until it's the a, finals. It's a lot. It's a and it's and it's the finals, and his team totally depleted. And then maybe I'm saying, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll bet it against LeBron. Sure. But you're 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 telling me that 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 Kyrie Irving and, and Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown are going to take down LeBron and potentially you know in April. No. It's too early to think about that. The Celtics are going to regress, right? They, and they've been awesome. I'm not right. taking anything away from their rookies. Have been great. Tatum is easily the best defensive rookie. I think in the league right now, and you got to give the nod to Brad Stevens for Coach of the Year at this point in the season. Oh yeah, yeah. The season ends today. I think it's it's a it's a two coach race between him and Dan Tony, and and I don't think it's that cl- I don't think it would yeah. be that close between him and Stevens. Um, 
But and then, of course, Greg Popovich. You got to put Greg Popovich in there. He gets snubbed every single year. But they don't, don't do have because the Spurs like it that way. We no one ever talks about the Spurs until April, and then oh no, the Spurs are are suddenly you know vying for the the second. We finally spot. got some positive indications that Kawhi Leonard might be coming back in in December. And so. and and Lamarcus has looked awesome. Yeah. Right. If he can even be a shell of what he's been so far once Kawhi comes back, the Spurs are going to be good. Yeah. No. I was listening to the jump yesterday, um, and. Uh, uh, they mentioned Kawhi um, and LaMarcus, and LaMarcus's numbers are what they would be when Kawhi wasn't in the lineup last year. So what happens when Kawhi comes back, takes that top dog status, is LaMarcus going to regress? That's a big question. Oh, I think, and that's why I said I, I, I sort of prefaced it with, if he can even be a shell of what he's been so far, I still think they're going to be really good. I mean, I, I, I think... I think up until this season, LaMarcus has been bad. And I think part of that, you, you um, part of that, Greg Popovich is credited to like his own, some of his own coaching mistakes and how mm-hmm. to best utilize him on the He's floor. so humble. I love Greg Popovich. He's the best. Um, so I think, you know, they're going to, they're going to figure that out. You know, you're, every day you're playing within a system, within a scheme for a certain coach, you're going to get better, right? Unless you're just, you're, you're actively you know, trying to sabotage your own progress, which nobody in the NBA is, is trying to do. Mm-hmm. So you're, the Spurs are going to get better. I think it's just a matter of, you know, are they going to be able to, to be healthy? And, and is there going to be enough offense? Because after LaMarcus, after Kawhi, you know, it, it's starting to look a little scarce. And and you even throw in, like, DeJounte Murray in there, mm-hmm. too, who's been good. But the Spurs need offense. They do. Um, but their best player's not bad. And all these teams, Cleveland, you know, San Antonio... You, Wake me up in, in January. Sure. Seems to look a little more. Complete. Yeah, jur- uh, injuries injuries are decimating a lot of teams. Obviously, the Grizzlies and Clippers might not be able to bounce back. The Clippers um, will not. You know, Just it's letting y'all know that right now. Yeah, it's very sad. Uh, but anyway, sneaky good um, league pass matchup: the Pacers versus the Rockets. Check that game out before Warriors versus Lakers at seven thirty. And tune in tomorrow for Locked On Warriors, where I'll be recapping the Laker game, talking about the rest of the road trip, the upcoming uh, trip to the Southeast, and giving you my favorite thing that I saw on NBA Reddit this week. Have a great afternoon and stay thoughtful, hoops heads. Hey, Bay Area sports fans, this is Ben Kaspic, host of the Locked On Giants podcast, which should be the next Locked On podcast you fire up in your feed. The MLB offseason is closing in, and I'll have you covered every day, breaking down the rumors, speculation, and transactions that'll shape next year's Giants team. Subscribe to Locked On Giants right now on your favorite podcast provider. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.